You're listening to the Morrowology Podcast. It's all about Morrow County, Ohio. I'm really glad I stayed till the end for this one. In the studio today is your hosts, Mike Wilson and Joey Powell. Well, Mikey is not with me right now as I record this, but I've been hard at work trying to uh, edit down the podcast here and uh, prepare it for all of you to see or to listen to, I guess, uh, from the Candidates Forum held on March 30th. And, or 31st, I'm sorry, and uh, we are uh, ex- super excited to bring this to you. It is a v- going to be a very, very long episode, but all of the important information on the primary ballot this year is on there for you to pick up. So, we hope that uh, you will find it as interesting as we did and as exciting as we did, and uh, without further ado... Let's get into the 2022 Candidates Forum held at the Cardington Legion Hall there in Cardington on March 31st, 2022. And here we go. And first up here is representative from Palmer Energy talking about the electric aggregate project that is on the ballot here in May. Aggregation uh, issue. Um, so what I'll try to do is kind of give you a little bit what it is, what the process is, um, and then at the end kind of give you, I usually have three things that are why you should vote for it, vote yes for it. Um, and so what government ag- aggregation is, uh, back in the early 2000s, um, the state of Ohio deregulated generation, the generation portion of your electric bills. Um, and so this was for um, the main utilities, whether it be Ohio Edison, AEP, I believe that's the two that are in um, the county here. Um, and what that means is that portion of it you can go out and shop for now. So you can go out and choose from different suppliers to be able to um, secure your electric rates there. Um, and so what we do, um, we go out. The Ohio Revised Code says that uh, government aggregation is the joining together of communities, whether it be a city, a town, townships, or a county, um, to form a group to buy that electric generation. Um, and with this, you, you usually are able to attain uh, lower rates. How I like to compare that to is if you go to the store, you go to buy one Coke, a 20-ounce Coke, you pay one price. If you buy a 24- or 12-pack, you're going to get it at a, at a a smaller per unit price. So that's what we're doing is we're creating um, that purchasing power. Um, and so, as I mentioned, we're with the CCAO. So what this would be is it's a, it's a uh, countywide um, program. It would be for the uh, constituents in the unincorporated portions of the county. Um, so if you're in the municipalities, that'd be a separate issue that would have to pass on that ballot there. This is for the unincorporated portions. And again, as I mentioned, it'd be for uh, those with the major utilities. So if you're with one of the co-ops, you would still vote on it, but this wouldn't affect you. So what we like to tell people is if you're with the co-op, if you can vote yes, you'd be able to help out your neighbors who are with AEP or Ohio Edison there. Um, so it won't affect you, but you can assist those that um, do have those um, utilities there. So what the process would be is we would go out. We put this on um, May 3rd. If it passes, what will happen There's there will be two uh, public hearings. And at those public hearings, again, you would hear about what exactly aggregation is, what's, what ha- what's happening going forward. Um, 
have information. If you have any questions, have them answered there. Um, then we go forward, and the commissioners would be the aggregators. Um, and Palmer and the CCAO goes out with the RFP process, a request for pricing, send it out to several suppliers. So we have the competitive bidding, and that's how we get that lower rate there. Um, then we bring it back with recommendations to the commissioners. They make the selection on who um, the supplier would be, what the term would be, usually go out for 12, 24, and 36-month terms. Um, and from there, once that's selected, an opt-out letter is generated. So this program is a opt-out program. So what that means is all eligible citizens would be automatically enrolled. Um, but again, you can opt out at any time, and I'll get to that um, when I go over the opt-out letter. Um, so eligible residents, like I mentioned, would be with either, either Ohio Edison or AEP. Um, if you're on the PIP program, it would not affect you. Usually the PIP uh, program, you get a better deal there. So the big thing is trying to make sure that there's savings with this program here. Um, and so when that opt-out letter goes out, it goes out to all the eligible um, consumers. On there, you would have the term, uh, the price, and the supplier. Um, and so you'd have all the information there. If you would like to be in the program, do absolutely nothing. If you'd like to opt out of the program for some reason, you can send in, uh, there's usually a little card at the bottom, you can send that in, um, and there's a 21-day period with that card that you can send it in. Now, if for some reason you throw it away because you thought it was junk mail, you just happen to forget about it, you're on vacation, you don't get it in during that opt-out period, you can opt out at any time. There's no cost to leave the program. It's very easy to opt out. You would just call into the supplier, tell them you'd like to be off of the program there. So, um, it's basically what the program is. It's kind of tough to go over everything in a five-minute uh, program here, but uh, I will say the three things, as I mentioned, that um, I, I think are, are beneficial are, number one, uh, you have that fixed rate. You know what your supplier is. You don't have to worry about any f funny business with the introductory rates. You're good there. Number two, there is a savings for it. Um, and number three, you can opt out of it any time, like I mentioned. you're not. This isn't something that you're stuck into, so... It's something that it's your choice in the end of it. So um, if you have any questions, I'll be in the back. I'm going to stay after after everybody's done. But um, there's a bunch of packets on the back table there that uh, have some information. If you'd like to get in contact with me, uh, palmerenergy.com is the best way to, to get a hold of us there. You'll be able to find the information. So. And then next is Nancy Fogelsong from Morrow County Developmental Disabilities Board. Good evening, and thanks everyone for coming out tonight. It's a wonderful crowd out there. I'm Nancy Fogelsong. I'm here from the Morrow County Board of Developmental Disabilities on behalf of the families that depend on the county board and depend on your local funds. We do have a levy um, on the spring ballot. And I just want to explain a little bit about levies first before I go into some of the services that are needed. All county boards have to have local levies. They use these local dollars to draw down federal Medicaid dollars that help us spread those dollars a little bit farther. And we also fund local funded services. So all of our funding goes for all services that you see in Morrow County, not just what's at the buildings and the administrative operations. We fund the residential providers, the people that you see out in the community, transportation, day services. Everything has local funding attached to that. Many people need 24-7 services. Local funding pays for about 40% of all of the Medicaid waiver-funded services in the county and 100% of all the other local-funded services. Morrow County has one levy. Uh, we lost two levies years ago. Over 20 years ago, we lost two five-year term levies. So we just have one levy. 
So when you need additional funding, we have to seek that through a new levy or through a replacement. Replacements are needed periodically because as home values increase, we see a decrease in our effective millage to keep that funding the same as when it was passed. Um, so this replacement that we're doing, that we're requesting now, has a one mil increase with it. Um, you would see that millage move from three to four mils, and that's about $4.50 a month or 15 cents a day for the $100,000 um, appraised value. That will still leave Morrow County below the average for counties our size, which the average right now for counties our size is five to six mils. Um, so how will we use those funds? Uh, the things that we're seeing the most critical needs are right now, I'm going to hit a couple of topics on those, early intervention, the zero to three population that we support. So these are children who may have been born early, uh, might um, have experienced an accident or in, uh, injury from an accident, or just have some developmental delays. We are seeing a significant increase, over a 25% increase in just the last few months. Uh, fourth quarter last year for us, we had 25 referrals, which is about half of what we see uh, in a typical year. And this year already, we've received 30 referrals. Uh, moving up just a little bit, um, we are also uh, watching closely uh, what's happened with the COVID pandemic. I don't know if you saw that article in the Columbus Dispatch uh, just recently, but they reported 52% of preschoolers in central Ohio failed speech and language screenings and 40% failed hearing tests in 2021 alone. And we may see some long-term supports that um, people are going to reach out to the county board to help with. We're also seeing an increase in families needing assistance for complex, um, significant complex needs. Uh, you know, some of these families miraculously hold it together really well until a crisis hits. But when they do, they need to be able to come to the county board and count on us to have those funds available. And we have to have those local tax funds for those services. Uh, school age transitions is the next kind of as we move along the timeline in someone's life. And we need local funds again for school age transitions. That's helping a student that's preparing for uh, graduation and what they're going to do when they become an adult. Uh, so that might be things like job assessments, work and life skills training, job coaching, and, and many other services and supports that our providers provide. Um, aging adults and, and the baby boomer effect, we've been monitoring this and preparing for this. Uh, we know it's coming. Uh, probably in the next decade, we're going to see a rapid increase in the number of adults that need services. Uh, this is due to aging caregivers as well as the individuals themselves aging and needing more support services. The last area that I want to address tonight is emergencies. It's really sad to share that, yes, in Morrow County, we do have emergencies that involve human trafficking, abuse, neglect, manipulation. When we find out about these, it's often from law enforcement or from somebody else that reports it to us through children's services, and we have to act immediately. That's 24-7 services. We're finding housing. We're finding clothing, uh, food, working with law enforcement to make sure that the person is safe and securing a provider for them. So I, I wanted to talk for just a moment on what does getting by mean. So getting by means, um, you know, we've been without sufficient funding in this county for many, many years now. That long-term lack of sufficient funding has had a detrimental hardship for the families that have been waiting. Uh, that's delays in development for the individual, delays in seeking independence, and overall just a much poorer quality of life than what people get in other counties. Um, the last topic that I just want to share, I know some of you have been following uh, the privatization of our adult day program, so I wanted to give you an update on that. County boards 
have been required to privatize all adult day services. We can no longer provide direct services. So what that means is that we worked to select a provider, uh, Marka from Marion, who is now running the operations in our Whetstone building. Uh, the transition went really well. They started in January. Uh, and you can get more information in our newsletter and on our website. We have some frequently asked questions on that. But a, a couple things that I wanted people to understand. Um, first of all, that does not mean that we sold the building, uh, that we still own the building. They're running from us. They're running the equipment and everything, all the contents in the building. And second, it doesn't reduce our funding at all. So it is just like all the other providers that we fund. So residential providers, other day providers, we've been funding uh, with our local match, and that's what we'll do with this provider. So the, our um, funding that we send up to the state pays the providers. Uh, we do have information on the back table. There's some levy signs there, and I'll be available for questions. But if you only have one takeaway tonight, I want you to think about gaps. And the gaps in our services are people. They're not things. Thank you. Next up here is Susan Grundy with the Democratic Central Committee Chair. Um, I'd like to thank the Mar County Candidate Forum, and especially moderators Joey Powell and Mike Wilson, for arranging this event. Um, as I said, I'm Susan Grundy, and as chair of the Mar County Democratic Party, I want to say that I proudly represent the Democrats in Chester East Township as well as the 3,000 registered Democrats in Morrow County. We currently don't have any candidates running for a countywide partisan office, but we do have many Democrats running for and currently serving in nonpartisan village, township, and school offices. We also have many Democrats willing to serve in other positions on the various county boards and commissions. We respectfully request that the appointments to these, these boards and commissions fairly represent the political demographics of our county to ensure fair representation. The Mark County Democratic Party supports local Democratic candidates as well as state and federal Democratic candidates by making phone calls, knocking on doors, writing and mailing postcards, engaging residents at local events, sponsoring speaking events and house parties, and when appropriate, assisting in financing their candidacies. We have a number of Democratic Central and Executive Committee members in the audience tonight, and I'd like to thank them for their time tonight and dedication to our mission. I'd also like to invite any Democrats in the audience to join the party and help elect other Democrats. Finally, I want to share my sadness and concern for the people of Ukraine. I pray that this unjust war ends soon and we can help Ukraine rebuild. Thank you for your time and attention. Have you heard about Broom Sisters of Morrow County? It's a cleaning company run by local ladies. The Broom Sisters of Morrow County offers a fast cleaning service with low rates, specializing in, but not limited to, cobweb removal, potion cleanup, and cauldron scrubbing. You can find Broom Sisters of Morrow County on Facebook, or you can call them at 740-262-5804. You can also email them at broomsisters88 at gmail.com.
Dan Osborne coming up at you next as Republican Central Committee Chair for Morrow County. Only five minutes, not one hour. Okay. Don't worry, I'm not going to be that long. Okay, I've been to your meetings. <laughs> is this country great or what? I mean, nowhere else in the world this is going to happen. Listen, thank you for coming tonight, and uh, God bless America. Okay, uh, Morrow County Republican Central and Executive Committee. All of our members are on the Executive Committee also, and uh, it's organized as one committee, uh, elected every four years. Some committees are two years. Ours are every four years. Uh, there's a committee person from each precinct, and the central committee members are involved in appointments also. If we have an election, uh, elected official, if there's a vacancy, we're involved in that, and we're involved in uh, picking poll workers, recommendation on poll workers. Uh, the executive committee elects officers, uh, chairman, secretary, treasurer, vice chairman, uh, and sets policy. Uh, the executive committee is involved in fundraisers get-out-the-vote activities, working for candidates, Republican candidates, uh, and for this whole country. The Morrow County Republican Committees have a finance committee who are appointed by the chairman. Uh, Tim Shurek is our finance committee chairman, and we raise funds and raise money through a Century Club program. Our committee meets the fourth Thursday of the month, uh, except in November or December, unless we need a special uh, meeting. Uh, that can be called by me if we need to do anything. And these meetings are public meetings, so the public is welcome. Unless we would have to have an executive session on stuff, we don't do that a whole lot. So they're public meetings. You're all welcome to come, and we serve the people. So thank you for your time. And one of the main events here is the race for county auditor. Incumbent Pat Davies with challenger Connie McChesney. Listen to them as they answer questions that were submitted by the community. All right, so please welcome to the stage uh, County Auditor candidates uh, Pat Davies and Connie McChesney. And uh, you will be each receiving two minutes for your opening statement. And then we will ask questions. You will get one minute for response and then there will be an opportunity for a rebuttal if you would like. Uh, please do not bring any of your bring your uh, opponent into your answer uh, unless it is in a nice manner. Please, we're going to try to be respectful, uh, and you will then get thirty seconds as your rebuttal. So uh, alphabetically here uh, by last name, uh, Pat Davies, you get to go first with your opening. So thank you and good evening. It's a pleasure to be here. He told me I had to kiss the mic. I don't know about that. Uh, my husband's here. But anyway. Um, but, no, may the Lord bless each of you with peace and understanding tonight and renew your minds, open your eyes and ears to the truth. I'm pleased to be here as a patriotic Christian dedicated to serving the people. When I took the oath of office, both for this position and in the United States uh, Army, I pledged to the U.S. Constitution and the Ohio Constitution. My staff and I work endlessly to uphold the public first standard of the Constitution. This includes honesty above all else, accuracy in action, and respect to everyone. 
My experience and qualifications are founded with ethics and morals encompassed and learned on the family farm. I believe my father's here tonight in the back. That was up in the Northmore School District. My West Point schooling and my military training come into play. But mostly I can hear my mother say, work into the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Pause, pray, and repeat. I lead a a, a team of 10 professionals as well as 10 contractors. Our job is accounting and balancing the county checkbook. We also make sure that spending is according to federal, state, and county guidelines. I act as a chief assessor in taxes. Sadly, that's the tax lady. Okay, Chief sealer and administrator of technology. I stand for the flag and kneel at the cross. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Davies. Mrs. Checkness, Mrs. McChesney, you now have two minutes. All right, thank you. Good evening, everybody. I'd like to thank everybody for coming this evening. This is a great crowd. I'm going to talk a little bit about just who I am. Um, For those that don't know me, my name is Connie McChesney, and I am a lifelong resident of Morrow County. I've been married to my husband, Bruce, for 38 years. We have three wonderful, unsuccessful children and five grandchildren, I'm happy to say, with the youngest one only being a week old. Um, I consider myself a servant leader. I do lead with my heart. Serving people is an important part of who I am. I want to be able to make a difference, and I love to be involved and help others. I've been a member of Marion Salem Church for 40 years, where I've been on several committees with the last five years. I've been at council chair for three years and staff parish relations for two. I also serve on the NAMI board, where I'm currently treasurer. I'm treasurer of the Morrow County Women's Group. I'm also on the Kiwanis board and the American Red Cross board. These are all service organizations that give back to the community, and giving back to the community is important. We are looking at these positions. We're looking for strong leadership. Lisa Haisha said, great leaders don't set out to be leaders. They set out to make a difference. It's not ever about the role. It's about the goal. Making a difference is what I want to do. There are four important qualifications of a county auditor. The first one is a person of unquestionably good moral character and intelligence. Second one is thoroughly competent in the administration of public business. I've been in administration at the hospital for over 10 years, with the last three years being on the executive team. The third one is a competent accountant, qualified in auditing and accounting. I've had four state auditor awards while working at Mar County, and the last three audits, I've had clean audits. And the last one is skilled interpersonal relationships and office management. Simple. Treat people like you want to be treated. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. McChesney. All right, for the first set of questions, uh, Mrs. McChesney, you're going to go first. What are your specific qualifications to serve as auditor? Okay, thank you. Um, I am I'm qualified. I have been at the hospital for 18 years. Um, I've done budgeting, auditing, financial statements, financial reporting. Um, I have successfully... Um, uh, the PPP loan for the Paycheck Protection Program. I successfully in, uh, applied and uh, attributed, it's tested to two of them, which brought 
this was all my closing, so I don't have to answer in my closing, um, which was $3.8 million we brought into the hospital. And the provider relief funds, um, I successfully applied and attested to $5.1 million that went into the hospital. So I do have a bachelor's degree in accounting and lots of experience. Thank you. Thank you. Mrs. Davies, what are your specific qualifications to continue to serve as auditor? Excellent. Um, I guess I am the auditor, right? The people placed their faith in me um, some time ago, and at this point, um, we are in the best fiscal shape in this county that we've been in in a decade. We have a cash carryover that's outstanding, nearing uh, actually nearing $5 million. Um, we had $2.5 million of, ca- of unencumbered cash. The best thing about what's going on currently, I guess, is in my opinion, that the elected officials work are working towards the same goals. And currently, we as well have um, a flawless accounting of the CARES Act money, which was um, near $3 million. We also have the ARPA money that has come in, and we're currently dealing with uh, the $6.8 million and putting it to good work for Mara County. So... From that standpoint, I hope to uh, continue as your county auditor, and I guess my background is in mechanical engineering, and I hope that that helps me. All right, thank you. Mrs. McChesney, what are your plans to put the county in better shape than what it is now? Great question. That's a hard one. you know, until, like any time anybody starts a new job, you really don't know what it entails and what needs to be done. Um, I believe Pat and her team have done a great job. So, you know, if elected, I get in there, I'll really kind of see, you know, where we're at. My plan is to visit other county auditors to um, learn, and I will, until I can get in there, like any new job, you really don't know what it entails until you get in there. Thank you. All right. And then, Ms. Davies, what uh, is better today in the county than what it was when you first took office? Well, today in the county, we certainly have a cash carryover that's um, much higher than it was when I came in. Um, Early on, I can remember when the county had to go ask to borrow money to do payroll. Currently, we have that $2.5 million in carryover. I think the other thing that's better is been talking about modernizing Mar County government for years now, and that started when I came in as auditor. We built the infrastructure and the online presence to a level of easy access for the Mar County citizens. Um, I currently, if you grab a, a, a business card in the back, you're going to see that it has a QR code on it, and so you can just snap a picture and get to the website and get your public information. Thank you. Thank you. Mrs. McChesney, the next question is for you. How will you manage county finances differently than that of the hospital? Great question. Um, I think um, I've done a pretty good job managing finances at Mark County Hospital. Um, Like the county, the hospital is in the best financial state it ever has been in. Um, I've been there 18 years, and, yeah, there were times when how are we going to pay bills? So I think... um, just being um, cautious of what you're spending, you know, getting revenues in. Um, but we, we've done a good job at the hospital, and I think I can take my skills that I've used there and bring it over to the county. Thank you. 
Thank you. Uh, Mrs. Davies, this one comes to you. Uh, Mrs. McChesney mentioned in her opening statement that she has won several awards for her accounting practices at the hospital and had clear audits. Um, there doesn't seem to be anything in county audits like that. Um, have you received any awards for the work that you have done or uh, received audits into which you have received clean audits for the county? So I want to paint a picture for you because in this particular case, there's a very very huge difference um, in what we're talking about. At the hospital, it's like having a singular ship. And I'm an Army person, so bear with me here. I'm going to have to talk about the Navy. Um, I'm painting a picture of this singular, single ship. And, I, again, I commend Connie for what she's done there. That's wonderful. In, in the county, it's like having a fleet of ships. And those fleet of ships have their individual captains. And each of those captains have their own responsibilities and authority. So in the county's case, uh, we're collectively as a fleet trying to work towards that goal of, of winning an award. So thank you. So there, to be clear, there are awards, but you're current, currently so you office, have not received anything. So my office is, is clean, but as a county, we do not have one. We have not won an award. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, there's a question that came in, and I think we need to ask it. Uh, Mrs. Davies, you stated that there's a cash carryover of $5 million, and then you said something about $2.5 million. Uh, could you please specify which it is? And if there is a difference between the two, could you specify why? Yes. So, so what we did at the end of the year is when we had the ARPA money, uh, we were able to, when the law passed, we were able to take the allocation and so the cash we had on hand, we were able to apply it to the end of the year to services to free up another $3 million. So we ended the year free and clear with 2.5. Then we added the extra 3.2 to it. And so that gives you where we're at. Does that help? Yeah, I think that answers the question. Excellent. Um, okay, Mrs. McChesney, what is your motivation for leaving the hospital to pursue the county auditor position? Well, I have, like I've said a couple times, I've been at the hospital for 18 years. Um, I just, I'm ready for new challenges um, and, and just to be able to go into the community, do what I love to do, um, you know, pull the offices together, pull everything, um, and just good communication and services. I'm just, I'm ready to take what I know from the hospital and take one step up to give it to the county and serve you guys as Mar County residents. Thank you. Um, this one is for Mrs. Davies. Um, how are past due tax numbers running versus the past? There's a two parts, so I'm just going to ask the first one here. Sorry. How are the past due um, tax numbers running compared to the past? So that's want to make it clear that's really a treasure question but i can veer over into that lane a little bit if you'd like me to the are you talking about the delinquencies i believe that is where the okay. question's going so the treasurer is here where is the treasurer yes uh, there he is anyway so so there are delinquencies in the county and covid did, did create a struggle and so the delinquencies Again, which is the county treasurer, they have grown slightly. Okay. 
that is going to render the rest of that question, I think, more towards the treasurer's spot. So thank you. So thank you for attempting that. And then here's the question for you that we had. Uh, Ms. Davies, you recently updated the auditor's website. I, along with many uh, I speak to, find it hard to navigate. Are you able to simplify the site and make it more user-friendly? So actually, we have had much, you know, a whole lot of feedback. And so that person, if they would reach out to me, whoever it is, or others that might have challenges, we can certainly do some training on the site because we have had no less than probably 12 title examiners help us through and navigate making things streamlined. And actually, the reports are they love it. They love it. It's just so much easier to get to the information because it's displayed right up front. So we would help anybody that has a challenge on that website. We would, we would love for you to come in the office and we give you a little tutorial. All right. Thank you. Uh, Mrs. McChesney, this question's for you. I recently became aware that the auditor's office oversees information technology for county offices. What qualifications do you have to oversee information technology? Well, I just recently took over the IT department at Morrow County Hospital. (laughs) That does not make me an expert by all means. Um, I am learning a lot um, from working with our IT people at the hospital, but I have been um, managing that department for several months um, my goal is, if I don't know it, guys, I'm going to go learn it. I'm, I'm a sponge for information. I want to learn. I want to grow. And that would be one thing that I could um, learn and grow in. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mrs. Davies, I recently became aware the auditor, auditor's office oversees information technology for county offices. What qualifies you to oversee that? It's interesting in my military background, there's a lot of bases in technology because I was a shop officer and I had to do everything from tanks to radios. So I have that, that foundation of technology. And so we just build on it um, as I've learned the technology and used it, um, both in my past experience and currently. Um, as an engineer as well, um, you learn all kinds of things and, and the use of technology and the basis for it is one of those Great. Um, Let's see. This next question is for Mrs. McChesney. One thing voters may not take into consideration when voting for a candidate is their ability to lead personnel. Can you identify five important qualities of a manager? Yes. Trust, dedication, um, honesty, um, just um, work ethic, um, and culture. I mean, you can train anybody to do a job if they have something, but culture is so big. You have to fit into the department, and so I think that's that's big too. Thank you. Mrs. Davies, same question. Can you identify five important qualities of a manager? I think personal integrity, accountability, transparency, accuracy, um, and passion. I have a great passion for this county and a great passion for the people that work for me. There are some of them that are here. Um, we're just one big happy family, and we roll up our sleeves and do the work together. Great. Thank you. The next section is on health care, and Mike will ask your questions. Okay, Mrs. Davies, what is your stance on the hospital issue? So my stance on the hospital issue, could you be more specific? Because... 
I see the Mar County Hospital as necessary. I think we need a critical access hospital. I believe the people own the hospital, and so therefore we need it, and it should be here, and we need to expand health care services. The current services that we have, we would love to see them expanded, and I think we need options. So I, I'm not sure if that's the question, but hopefully I've, I've helped you understand um, my position on health care in Morrow County. I think that was handled quite well. Uh, Mrs. McChesney, same question. What is your stance on the hospital issue? Well... <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and answer. It seems like it would be um, good. You know, the hospital is is my family. Um, We've been there, um, like I said, I've been there 18 years almost. And um, the people that go in that hospital that work day in and day out, they are Marrow County Hospital. A lot of them are Marrow County residents. We need emergency care services. Um, I know people keep saying we need to grow services, but we also need to um, grow the community in order to use those services. I do a lot of uh, digging into different departments and, and stuff like that. So, sorry, I am totally pro-hospital, and I wanted to be there for you guys in an emergency. So that's, thank you. Mrs. Davies, the RFP document stated you will be involved with the process. It stated to contact you for tours. Will you be giving those tours? And if so, how well do you know the layout of the facility and the current equipment they use? Wow. You've told me something I didn't know. I I did not know I was going to be a tour guide, but that's okay. I was told that uh, the part of what they wanted the auditor to to participate in the RFQ was for confidentiality and security of the documents when they came in. Um, Sealed, signed, delivered, trusted into the auditor that no one else would see them. So I, I guess, Connie, I'm bringing you into the question. I guess we'll come out and we'll do a tour. (laughs) <laughs> okay, uh, Mrs. McChesney, you have been on the hosp- uh, at the hospital for many years and moved up in the organization. Over the years, you have seen the struggles to the successes. The past two years, we have been in a pandemic and lawsuits with the commissioners, and we are being told the hospital is in the best financial situation. How has the hospital maintained their financial situation through all of this? Thank you. Unfortunately, COVID, which we all know, um, you know, at the beginning of COVID, things were really slow. Um, Then the second surge came. We were really busy. Um, As I spoke about the PPP loans and the the PRF loans, which is, you know, the monies that we um, got in, those are helping the cash flow, okay? Um, Things are, um, you know, kind of lost my track, sorry. (laughs) Um, You know, we are in one of the best financial states. We pay cash for our equipment. We have top-of-the-line equipment, which we've paid cash for. We don't have any debt. So those things are important um, because there was times when we weren't sure how we were going to make payroll. So we're really happy to be in the financial position we're in right now. Thank you. Okay. Mrs. Davies? If the hospital is sold, how will the money be used, or how can it be used? Well, as the chief financial officer of the county, uh, that is the job, is figuring out what is legal and allowable and reasonable. So in this case, um, 
I don't really have an answer for will it be sold or will it not be sold, but if it were to be sold and the money was to come to the county, it would seem to me that it would go into a special fund until we figured out through the auditor state what they'll allow us to do with the cash. Normally, cash flow money like that would go to the general fund and then be able to use for general government purposes decided by the county commissioners. Okay. Okay, Mrs. McChesney, are you currently employed by Ohio Health, and what is your motivation for leaving the hospital to pursue the county auditor position? Okay, no, I am not an employee of Ohio Health. I've been a Morrow County employee since I've started. Um, and again, I think I've answered that second part. I just, I'm, I'm ready to move on to help the county and the community um, do great things. So I, I believe I've done a lot of great things at the hospital. Um, so I'm just hoping I can bring my, my talents and skills to the county level. Thank you. Mrs. Davies. In the future, if the county starts growing, what would be the biggest service line the hospital could open to increase the bottom line of the finances? Wow. <laughs> Do you want me to restate I, that? I, <laughs> um, personally, what I would like, I think this is the question, I'm not sure, but what I would like to see become serviced at the hospital, and this is a big ask, but see, vision is really, really important. So as things grow, one of the things I talked to a local veteran was about, could you ever imagine seeing veterans serviced here at our hospital? Or how about babies being born again? I'd love to see that. I would love to see my daughter live here and be able to have her and her family be able to have their babies here. Okay. And Mrs. McChesney, uh, the same question. In the future, if the county starts growing, what would be the biggest service line the hospital could open to increase the bottom line of the finances? So our biggest opportunity at Mark County Hospital is surgeries, okay? Orthopedic surgeries um, and doing other things. Right now we are doing a lot of orthopedic surgeries, but to grow that and get more uh, surgeons in that would want to do Healthcare here. I mean, how nice is it to have your loved one come here to Morrow County Hospital, have their surgery, you're real close. You're not driving to Columbus or Mansfield or Marion. So our biggest opportunity, I believe, at Morrow County Hospital is to expand surgery. Okay, next question is for uh, Mrs. Davies. What budgeted fund did you use to pay the attorney's bills for the commissioners when they were suing the Morrow County Hospital Board of Trustees? Certainly this expense was not anticipated when planning the annual budget. Oh, heavens no. It wasn't anticipated, but it is allowable by the Board of County Commissioners' appropriations, which are certainly within their authority. And so they appropriated in, out of the general fund those dollars, and that's where they were paid from. Okay. All right, so the next one is going to be um, some yes. tax questions. Uh, Mrs. Davies, how are you going to partner with school districts to explain the difference between property taxes collected by the county and school taxes? I think I lost a part of my page. I think you did because I'm not really sure, but we do partner currently with the schools. No, I don't have and we have a great partnership. We have four uh, county school treasurers that we work with among another five for the outer lying pieces of the 
of the uh, schools that are in Mara County, and we distribute money to them regularly. There's a settlement sheet, and it is very clear where the money comes from, how much came in, how much is distributed, and then what the fees are um, in settlement. Great. Thank you. Mrs. McChesney, same question. How are you going to partner with the schools to explain the difference between the property taxes and, uh, collected by the county and school tax? Okay, so this is, I know, one question that Pat is really good at because <laughs> she does it. Um, this is areas that I'll have to learn and understand how to do, but I think open communication and really working um, with the um, school treasurers is going to be very important, so um, I would need to educate myself and understand it a lot better. Thank you. Okay, and then here's one a question that came in. Um, this is directed to Mrs. McChesney, and I can tell you I've not vetted this at all, so I'm hoping that uh, it's a good question here. Uh, Mrs. McChesney, how can the farmers not be required to turn in CAUV forms if it is in an Ohio revised code? Um, CAUV, I have to, again, I'm, I mean, guys, I don't know all this stuff, but as a farmer's wife, um, that is something I am definitely going to learn about and understand what and why it would have to be done. So I apologize, I don't have a good answer, but I will be learning all this. Thank you. Uh, Mrs. Davies, I would like you to answer that question. How can the farmers not be required to turn in CAUV forms if it is in the Ohio Revised Code? Well, we need to take talk to our state reps, and that's one of the things the uh, CAAO is an advocate. They're uh, currently all otters in the, the different counties have different opinions of this. Mine personally, I have stated clearly that uh, properties over 50 acres should not have to do that form. However, I also stated very clearly that it is a huge tax reduction. It is a huge tax reduction. An example would be about 50% or more of your taxes are, I mean, that's how much it's lowered to just simply turn in the form. So um, I find it an administrative nightmare when all those forms come in. But it is in the code, and we will continue to do it. Thank you. Um, let's see here. Uh, Mrs. McChesty, this question is for you, and it will be asked of Mrs. Davies as well. How do you see taxes being impacted by the current inflation levels in all areas? Uh, what will you do to keep that as neutral as possible, if anything? Can Pat go first? <laughs> <laughs> When you said one of the, the categories is taxes, I was like, oh, I am in trouble. <laughs> um, you know, again, guys, I'm sorry. I don't know a lot about that, but I am, you know, I'm going to learn and I'm going to understand. So trying to keep taxes neutral is going to be a, a, a big, you know, thing for me too. Nobody likes increased taxes. And, you know, if we can keep things neutral, that's what we want to do. All right, Mrs. Davies. Every auditor's dream. <laughs> neutral, neutral, don't go up. Currently, we are in an environment where the market for real estate has gone crazy. It is downright crazy. I don't know if you know of anybody who has sold their house or their property, but 30% minimum over what we have it valued at. It is just crazy. Look, the simple formula is value times tax rate equal taxes. I'm sorry. 
as your auditor, I have to tell you good news with bad news, right? I try to serve it up as kindly as possible. But the real thing is, I need to tell you the truth. Coming in 2023, no matter who your auditor is, there is going to be an increase. Why? Because the market says that values are up, people's sales are up. In this county, uh, we will take an active approach in letting you know by informal hearings so you can come in and appeal if you don't agree with your value. We've done that in the past. Thank you. Um, Mrs. McChesney, what would be your vision, uh, if elected, to help carry the county further the next eight to ten years? What would your vision of the county be as county auditor? Well, again, like we just talked about, neutral taxes, um, looking at the um, just the way to be up in times with the computers and, um, you know, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've been doing good until you got to this taxes thing, guys. Um, you know, my goal would be, you know, I know, you know, Pat and her team's done a great job just to get in and see how I can modernize things and get things um, you know, going, customer service, um, just getting all of the county organizations, you know, working together as a team. So, by communications, yes. Thank you. Mrs. Davies, same question. What would your vision be for the next eight to ten years if reelected as county auditor? So some years ago, we started a marketing morrow, and now we're into modernizing our government. We have been doing this for a number of years now, the internal part of the government. The most exciting piece of this in my, for my vision of Mar County is we know Delaware is pushing north. We know they're coming. It's like they're coming for us. Military term, sorry. Uh, they're coming for us. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. So in preparation for that, we've done land use plans. We've done economic development plans. We've got the, uh, the different departments and agencies together and, and are anticipating that growth. So the vision is to be able to continue to grow um, and modernize government so that we can handle that growth. Great. Thank you. Um, see mrs mcchesney there's a question here for you and it is i just lost it i apologize um how would you use the auditor's office to help drive and control development and future development of the county knowing that they're coming for us I think future development of the county is very important. Um, you know, what the auditor's role would play in that is going to be important as far as, um, you know, the taxes and TIF taxes and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I believe, you know, we all want to see the county grow. People want more services at the hospital, so we want to be able to grow the county. Um, so it would just be building relationships with people and um, just trying to, to do our best to make Morrow County great. Thank you for answering that question, which made this question relevant. <laughs> and I absolutely do not know about either one of these, so I am going to be very intrigued. What can you tell us about the TIF and Turks? It's Pat's turn. It's Connie's. It's Pat's turn. It's Connie's. It is Connie's. 
Um, Actually, I'd be glad to help you out if you would like me to answer that. I, I, I mean, I feel for her because this is <laughs> okay. Ask me about radiology. Yeah, I was going to say, come on now. Um, you know, those are terms that I've heard. You know, and I shouldn't have said it in my answer. You probably wouldn't have asked, right? Um, you know, those are terms that I've heard. Um, I've heard a little bit about them to explain it to this group. I, I'm going to be honest. I can't do that. So, if, if you, I mean, if Pat can, I would like that, please. Mrs. Davies, please enlighten us. Yes. So, you're welcome. so my background, you know, I did come uh, across the street from being the development director, actually the director of operations. And in this case, the TRC, uh, the auditor sits as the chair of that, which is the tax incremental. Um, I'm sorry, the, the tax finance council. So. Yeah, I, kiss the I, mic. Kiss the mic. Bad. My bad. In, in this case, the TRC is a recommendation committee to the Board of County Commissioners. That recommendation committee reviews all the agreements in place, the abatements, etc., cetera, um, that allow companies that need them to operate here, so their incentives. So we review to make sure that they're meeting those obligations, and then we make a recommendation to the Board of I think I missed the second part. But. It was TIFFs and TIRC. Yeah, that's the... Okay, and I, I heard that one. And Okay, so the TIFFs. I think we answered that question. Would you like me to address TIFFs or go on? Yeah, yeah. no, okay. if you can, okay. please. The tax incremental financing is a tool used in development to help companies who are locating here um, build the infrastructure. Actually, it helps the county and the developer with their infrastructure. So in this case, a TIF uh, takes the value of the land, and as you build on that value of the land, you take that value of the structures that were built, and you whisk it off into a special fund, and it's used to build infrastructure like roads, broadband, those kind of things, um, so the company can operate um, in a plug-and-play method. Thank you. I still don't understand it, but thank you. I try. And these folks are laughing, and I'm hoping you're the same. I hope you don't understand it either. Um, All right, so we have lots of questions that have come in. Um, Here we go. I was going to say. Oh, no, no, there's time left. Trust me, I'm watching the clock. Um, What is your knowledge, and this is going to be for um, Pat first and then to Connie, since I asked it the opposite way before. Uh, what is your knowledge or understanding of the alternative energy, um, the production projects currently interested in the county? So currently we do have a solar project that is going to be above a 50 megawatt project in the north uh, west part of the county, Washington Township, North Bloomfield area. That will generate, by a high revised code, a pilot, which is a payment in lieu of taxes, payment to the county, and mega money for not only the county, but also the schools and every other taxing agency. So the key there is it's going through the actual regulation process of PUCO. Public Utility Commission of Ohio. Yes. Very good. Very good. It's a mega project, though. It's huge. There is another one uh, looking to site itself along the transmission line to the east part of the county. Um, it's just in the talking stages, as I understand it. They have not talked to me. Great. Um, do you have an estimated um, idea of the tax dollars that that might bring to, or not tax dollars, but the payment in lieu of taxes 
uh, money that that would bring to the county? Mm, a whole lot. Um, so $2,000 per megawatt to the general fund and then a $7,000 split up by the tax pie chart will go uh, to each of the taxing entities a piece of that. It's pretty amazing the dollars that could be generated. The one that stuck out to me the most, I think the county's a little less than this, but it was about $500,000 to the schools uh, of Northmore. So it's, it, it's a pretty lucrative project. Again, I believe in property owners' rights. Those property owners sign leases, and it's their right to do with their land what they want. Okay, thank you. And then... Um, Ditto. Ditto. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, let's see here. So uh, this is, I think, a pretty good question here, so we'll wait. That'll be one of the last questions. Um, where was that other question? Um Mrs. McChesney, if elected, do you have any plans for the current employees in the auditor's office? Oh, my, yes. They will need to stay. <laughs> you know, think about it, guys. Are, are the employees are the backbones. They're the, the make the leaders look good because they're doing the work. They're the worker bees, and you've got to trust in them. And they know the work. You know, I'd be going in learning, but my goal would be to keep every one of them. Great. And then, um, maybe I have plans for my employees. Do you have plans for your She's employees? Not to take it, <laughs> we have a great team in the auditor's office, so they're very, they're excellent at what they do, and so um, we just hope we can keep growing. We were when I came in on the mature side, and those years of experience, institutional knowledge was amazing, and we've turned over two or three people to retirement. So now we're grooming and, and training younger people. And it's a great mix. Um, those that are here, I think, would agree, the employees, that we have a great, a great group. So. Great. Thank you. Um, Mrs. Davies, this question is for you. Um, if you are not reelected, how will you work with Mrs. McChesney to uh, roll over the office to her to make sure that there's an easy, successful handoff to better the community? Absolutely. I, I am truly, uh, I love where I live and I love this community. So in every imaginable way, um, I will not treat her like I was treated. Okay, so moving on. Um, <laughs> so we asked that question. Um, Mike, do you have a question for her? I'm going to throw you um, under the bus here. Oh, wow. Okay, this is for Mrs. Davies. Um, since becoming auditor, what have you done to improve the efficiency of the office and what future plans to improve functions of the, officers, uh, of the auditor's office would you have? So I have great vision for the auditor's office and what we've done so far um, is downright amazing because we have updated the payroll and accounting software. I brought me a cheat sheet because it's it continues and continues. Again, the, the staff there has been amazing. Um, the efficiency of payroll and accounting software. We have, uh, th this may seem simple, but direct deposit for all employees and vendors we're working on, um, and especially proud of that the township and villages receive their local government dollars by direct deposit. They no longer have to run checks back and forth to the bank. Um, we redesigned the tax bills. We created manuscript debt. We've made funds available for employee resources, which is a retirement account 
for employees that are retiring, retiring um, when they're paid out of this general fund, we can not have enough money. Can I have extra minutes because I have a continue? Uh, we need to continue to move on. I apologize. I am glad to see that you brought a list of, of accomplishments and things that you've you've done in the um, in the office. Online dog tags. Sorry. The uh, final opportunity here for you tonight is to take one minute and give your final statement to the audience tonight um, on why they should. You're going to go first. Yep. Uh, why they should vote for you uh, and give you another term as county auditor. Thank you. I do want to speak um, and have a conversation just to each and every one of you. Um, currently, I, I really do love what I do, and this has been an enormous opportunity. And I would find it a privilege if you give me another four years. I want to work for you, the people. I want to be of the people and do the right thing for the people. Look, the tax lady is a lady that's not really liked a lot of times. If you were following that online, you could see a whole lot of people who don't like the tax lady. But I assure you, I'm working for all of you in that capacity because taxes are just a way of life in America, right? And we live in a great place like no other. And so those of us who live here want to continue to do what is right and for the good of this county. And so that's what I want to do is work for you, the people. Thank you. Thank you. Mrs. McChesney, same thing. One minute to describe while, why uh, everyone here should give you their vote to be the next auditor for Morrow County. All right, thank you. Again, thanks, guys, for coming out. Um, anybody that knows me knows I'm not afraid of hard work. You'll see my, my vehicle at the hospital at 8 and 9 o'clock at night. Um, you know, that does not scare me. Um, I was going to go into my job, but I've already talked about that. I do value hard work and collaboration to achieve goals that are in the best interest of the Mar County residents, you guys. If I'm, if I'm elected on May 3rd, you know, I sat up here and I didn't know a lot of the answers, and my apologies. My goal is to go learn, okay? And I want to be prepared for the position in March of 2023. And I believe change is a good thing. Okay, I like change. Some people hate change. I like it because it brings on new perspectives and growth opportunities for the office. So if you elect me as your auditor, I will do my best to work hard every day and be maintain high standards for customer service. So thank you, everybody, for coming. I have signs back there if you want any. And um, just thanks again. Join us for Freedom Fest Ohio, July 1st and 2nd, 2022 at the Morrow County Fairgrounds. Brought to you by Finley Entertainment. Celebrate freedom with the Nate Williams Band, Austin French, and headliner Crowder on July 1st, Friday night, starting at 6.30 p.m. Then on Saturday, July 2nd, join Scott Stevens, Heath Sanders, Rodney Atkins, and headliner Justin Moore. Tickets are on sale now. Visit FreedomFestOhio.com. And our final forum this evening is the Morrow County Commissioner's Race. Incumbent Tom Whiston and challenger John Mason. Listen as they answer questions provided by the community. All right, as we uh, start the forum for the uh, Morrow County Commissioner's 
On the stage with us is incumbent Mr. Tom Whiston and challenger Mr. John Mason. Welcome to the stage. Thank you both for coming tonight and taking the opportunity to speak to many of the voters inside of the room here as well as those that are watching. I know there's a couple different cameras up. Um, word is getting out and we greatly appreciate that. Uh, just as another shameless plug here, this will be uh, posted online on the Marology podcast, uh, the whole forum. You can find that anywhere you listen to a podcast, iHeartRadio, Google, um, Amazon, Podbean, any of those you'll be able to find if you just Google Marology podcast or look for it on Facebook. You'll find it as well. Um, tonight, each candidate will receive two minutes for their opening statement. And then they will receive one minute to answer each question with a potential 30-second rebuttal, if you should wish. Remember to keep it clean and respectful. And just as a reminder to the audience, we will only be taking questions, and the commissioner candidates will only be giving uh, answers to questions that are asked from the moderators. So with that being said, alphabetically, we're going to start with Mr. Mason. Your first question is, how will you help Morrow County? I'm sorry, do your opening, and then that'll be your question. <laughs> Two minutes. Thank you. Um, good evening, and, and thanks for this opportunity. My name is John Mason, and uh, I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself. Is this close enough? That's, that's good. That's better. Okay. A little bit about myself. Uh, I'm from Marengo. Uh, grew up on a dairy farm there. Uh, my uh, father was a school principal as well as farming. My mother was a nurse, uh, spent her career at Mar County Hospital for over 30 years. Um, my wife, Tanya, uh, we've got four children and two grandchildren here. Um, I graduate from the Ohio State University. I studied ag economics and accounting. Uh, soon after that, I began work here right in the county with ag credit as a loan officer to farmers here in the county. Um, did that for five or six years. Um, then had the opportunity to work uh, closer to home with Jack and Karen Fishburn. I was their vice president of finance for five or six years. I learned a lot from them. Uh, great, great family. What I did learn, uh, the, the importance of um, giving back to the community. Uh, that, was, that was very important there. Um, volunteered uh, as a Morco water trustee to bring water to the southern part of the county uh, to hundreds of customers, which is now part of Delco, which is a great project. Um, also served on regional planning during that time uh, for the county. Uh, in 2000, I began as a school treasurer for Highland Local and um, uh, for the past six years, I've been a treasurer for both Highland and Cardington. With the support of some really great board members, uh, I, I feel that um, I've, I'm proud of what I've accomplished there at both schools. My short answer to why I'm running uh, is because I believe in the people of this county, and I want to see it improve, plain and simple. I have a unique background from farming to infrastructure to uh, School finance, uh, public finance, that is. I feel, I feel that our community and businesses uh, 
to accomplish the common goal of advancing the county and working towards each day. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity and thank you. Mr. Whiston, you get two minutes. All right, thank you. Um, first of all, I'd like to recognize all the other elected county officials that are here. We do have a great team from the sheriff to obviously the treasurer who we'd like to get up here and tell us about taxes. But uh, um, we have many of the elected officials here and we do have a great team. Again, I'm Tom Whiston. I'm currently one of the county commissioners, a lifelong resident of uh, Morrow County. I graduated from Mount Gilead High School, not Cardington, so nothing there against Cardington. But I also graduated from The Ohio State University. I graduated from the College of Pharmacy. I'm a third-generation pharmacist. Um, my grandfather started Wisdom Pharmacy, I believe, back in 1931. So we've been around for quite a while. I do still practice in the private sector, but I've also served in many capacities in the public sector. Um, I've served everywhere from cemetery board, village council. I was mayor of Mount Gilead for 11 years and currently as a Morrow County Commissioner. My experience includes um, serving as president of the Ohio Pharmacists Association, and I'm currently the first vice president of the County Commissioners Association of the state of Ohio. Um, I've served in many other positions. I've served as, which a lot of people aren't excited about, but as chairman of the um, four-county Delaware, Knox, Marion, and Morrow Solid Waste District, and I'm currently a member of the Trinity United Methodist Church and also um, a member of the Masonic Lodge. Um, I enjoy serving Morrow County, and I think we've done some great things in the past 10 years. Um, I look forward to continue serving as your commissioner and would appreciate your support and your vote. Thank you. Now, Mr. Mason, the question I asked you four minutes ago, how will you help Morrow County? Well, um, my... Adult life I've spent here and working with any, anything from farmers, uh, you know, to, to school officials, to, uh, you know, the auditor working with her, Pat Davies. Um, how would I improve? It, it really starts at, at the grassroots for, for me. Uh, we have a lot of talent in the county that um, we all want the same goal, I believe, in mind to improve. And um, it's really about getting organized and uh, continuing uh, the, the synergy to uh, continue to improve. That's, that's it. All right, Mr. Whiston, same question. How will you help Morrow County? Well, I think um, it's evident as you see all the projects that we've accomplished. Um, one of the biggest things I think that we do as commissioners, which we've got very diverse jobs that we have as far as the responsibilities. I think one of the most important things that we have is making sure that we keep the tax burden to the residents down. Um, one of the things that we were able to do, um, we negotiated and purchased the Chesterville sewer system. By doing so, we actually refinanced their debt and saved those people um, about $30,000. So we look to reduce debt um, and increase our revenues. Great. Thank you. Mr. Mason, what part of the county government would receive more attention if you were elected? I'm not sure how to answer that. Um, more attention, I, I think they're all important. I, I don't know that there's any priorities given to others, uh, in my opinion. The, um, you know, 
know, the, the things that I've heard tonight from the MRDD was was really, uh, uh, you know, hits home. Uh, you, we, we need to value that. And uh, I, I don't know that there's any more valuable than any others. Okay. Mr. Wiston, same question. So in regards to um, the most essential things we can do as commissioners, I think is making sure we provide the infrastructure. Um, probably the thing that we've done, um, we did initially, the commissioners approved a license plate fee, which generated about $480,000 a year and actually gave each of the 16 townships additional money. But more importantly, five years ago, we passed a two-mill road levy. By doing so, the engineer has been able to pave and chip and seal 185 of our 376 county roads. The biggest problem I have now with people in regards to that is how do you get people to slow down? They're driving too fast on the roads. Um, our goal is that was renewed, and we hope to um, pave and um, chip and seal the remainder of those roads. And I'm sure we've, in fact, we'll be opening bids next week for the north and south paving for 2022. Great. Thank you. Mr. Mason, one thing voters may not take into consideration when voting for a, can a candidate is their ability to lead personnel. Can you identify five important qualities of a manager? We, we had the heads up there with the auditors, but, um, you know, the, the idea of honesty, integrity, uh, trustworthiness, uh, work ethic, th those all are important and um, at, you know I've been involved in Highland Schools there's 250 employees there that we negotiate with every two or three years um, that you know building those relationships with those folks um, and and knowing that you can you can build trust with those folks and then you can get some things done but um, yeah that's thank you Thank you. Uh, Mr. Whiston, same question. Five important um, so certainly, qualities of a manager. Um, I think as far as leadership, I think the most important thing I've, I've seen is leadership by example. Um, one of the things, and I know Jamie, when he became mayor, did the same thing. But when I was mayor, we actually took over the garbage service. So the first day that we went out in January, I made sure that I, I rode on the back of the truck. That builds confidence with the employees to know that you're willing to do the same work that they do. Um, trust and integrity, um, honesty, all those things are integral to making sure that we have a good working relationship um, as building a team and leading a commitment of, in our case, about 300 county employees. Thank you. Now, you both have uh, mentioned in your answers the word integrity. And one question that came in that... Um, it flagged for me when you both answered it that way, was can you please define integrity for us and how have you shown this in your current positions? So, uh, Mr. Whiston, you'll go first. Certainly. In, integrity is something that is um, a lifelong process. It's the ability to make sure that you maintain high standards of personal accountability as far as honesty, as far as making sure that you have those virtues that people will look look upon you at the end of your life and say, well done, good and faithful servant. And Mr. Mason? Integrity is one that um, you, you know when you see it. Um, you, the honesty has to be there. Uh, the the uh, 
um, the history has to be there. The, the, the integrity to me is um, all about uh, understanding that, uh, you know, that you can trust someone uh, and know that the job's well done. Um, that's really it for me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this question came in. This is under general, and so we will um, ask this question. Um, State Route 23, they're looking at building a connector using the 229. Uh, Mr. Whiston, are you for this or against it, and why? Well, um, I actually attended one of the public meetings down at um, Delaware. I believe there were about 400 people there. Um, the difficulty was they have six proposals for the 23 connector, and I believe actually the 229 connector is probably the least favored or probably is not getting the most support from ODOT for the very reason it creates the greatest distance that would be traveled to accommodate that. Um, that decision's a long time into the future, but I think clearly they're looking at probably expanding and improving the current 23 quarter. So I don't see that that's probably going to occur um, with 229. So uh, if not using 229, is there a potential for another route to be chosen in the southern part of the county? Now, most of the other um, alternatives are whether they directly improve. Um, one of them actually goes through Union County. Um, utilizing, in fact, I think two of them do utilizing 33, but um, probably the, the main thrust is probably to improve the current 23 um, and somehow relieve the congestion that comes down to the point that I think they're having 80 to 100,000 vehicles a day go through there that they need to relieve that congestion. And then would you be for um, expanding a, connect, a connector of some sort, may not be in the plans, for uh, 23, that it should it go through Morrow County? Um, well, again, we'd have to look at that. Obviously, from you know funding standpoint, if, if that's something that it's, it's fully funded, I think part of the biggest confusion that um, the people had in, in regards to taking pristine farmland, when ODOT put it out, they put these huge swaths out. And I think people actually interpreted that they were going to take all that land to do the connector, and that's not the case. Um, if they did, in fact, um, 229, which we've talked about, it would basically just expand and improve that roadway. It wouldn't be taking um, large swaths of land. All right. Uh, Mr. Mason, would you be for or against some sort of connector for 23 going through Morrow County? I don't know that I have enough information to really answer that. Um, the, the honest answer there. But um, I can remember... 71 actually came came through our farm years and years ago and i can remember when it was just a two lanes 71 so now we have three lanes and it's still full so um, i know that there's there's need there uh, no doubt uh, more and more traffic's on the road and population's growing so um, it's it's always a, a touchy subject especially when it comes through your backyard but um, the honest answer is um, I, I don't know enough to answer yes or no. And that's a fair answer. Thank you. Um, Mr. Whiston, should you not be reelected, how would you work to transition into Mr. Mason um, as the next commissioner? How would you work with him to make that a smooth transition for the community? Certainly. Um, I've been a commissioner about a little over 10 years now. I've had eight commissioners in that time period. So as far as transition... Bringing them in, 
Um, we make sure we um, have them come in, hopefully ahead of time. Work through that is a smooth transition in bringing them to session, showing them all the tasks that we do. Um, I think that um, that's something, obviously, with the primary. You're going to have an extended period of time that there would be to transition into that. Um, and so I think that as far as doing that, that's something that I've experienced. And I think is, as far as, and just like Pat said, you know, I have a passion for the county, and I've been here, and we look forward to um, improving it in any way we can. Thank you. Mr. Mason, should you win the election, how would you go about getting yourself acclimated? Uh, and part of that is you have posted on Facebook that you would leave your current position. How else would you further um, prepare yourself to take on the role of commissioner? Well, um, I know there's, there's a lot going on in the county. There's no doubt about that. Um, I, w I would uh, see myself attending meetings, uh, getting myself acclimated to the process, um, joining in with, with conversation possibly. But, uh, you know, we've got this primary here, just Tom and I. Uh, so pretty much be decided in May, as I see it. And uh, I would begin soon after that um, um, learning, growing, into the position uh, and understanding more of the process that, that happens there. Thank you. Uh, that concludes the general questions at this time. We will move on to health care. Okay, first question is for Mr. Mason. What is your stance on the current situation of the hospital? Yeah, it's a hot topic, no doubt. Um, I've been on the hospital board now for a year, and um, I tell you what, I'm still learning, but I'm impressed by um, the folks at the hospital, the workers, the care that's taking place of. Your question of what's my stance, um, my stance is open, really, that uh, I was not in favor of the RFP that, that we're working on now. I think there's other work to be done. RFP was taken not that long ago, maybe less than two years ago. They did a thorough 18-month RFP and came up with some results that uh, weren't well-favored at the commissioner's office. So my, my position is to continue to work to improve the hospital and work with the partners that we have with Ohio Health. Okay, the same question for Mr. Whiston. What is your stance on the current situation of the hospital? Okay, I think as Connie said, the current status of the hospitals is good financial shape. Um, I think I look very positively to where we're at. We um, reached a mediation agreement. We have now a um, competent RFP committee, which for those of you who don't know, is a request for proposals. So one of the things that's probably most dynamic in our society today is health care. Health care is changing dramatically. And if you look at the surrounding counties or surrounding health areas, you see tremendous growth. Our hope is with that RFP process is to make sure that we can ensure to maintain our critical access hospital and improve and expand those services that we have for all of the Morrow County residents. The next question is also for uh, you, Mr. Whiston. Uh, recently, a post on your Facebook page shared, the commissioners have no intention whatsoever of selling the hospital. Any rumors to the contrary are false. In fact, we are working tirelessly to keep and create more jobs for Morrow County, similar to the 400 jobs at Dollar Tree. 
I would not support any efforts to sell the hospital. Can you explain the documentation that states lease, uh, sale of operations, solicitation for a request for a proposal in the April 29, 2019, where you made the motion and it was unanimously approved by yourself and the two former commissioners? Certainly. So our hope is, and if you look, um, we actually traveled down to Burger Health in Circleville. Um, it has unique distinction of being the only county city hospital in the state. They were able to negotiate a 30-year lease with Ohio Health that um, infused $46 million. Um, if you look currently, Fayette County, which has got about 28,000 people, is um, having Adina is coming in and building a brand new $50 million facility. Ohio Health just recently spent $40 million adding 25 beds over Marion. So the notion that we want to sell the hospital is not something we want to do. But again, the issue becomes, and why would we present that? If Cleveland Clinic came down or someone else or OSU came down, and just like if your house, if someone comes and offers you three times what your house is worth, would we entertain that? Obviously we would, because that would be in the best interest of the county. Okay, the next one also is for Mr. Whiston. On your campaign Facebook page, you posted that the commissioners have no intention whatsoever. That is the same question again. I, you I just would, answered that. I would answer in the same fashion. <laughs> Let's go to the next question. If you have no intention of selling the hospital, why has so much money been spent in lawsuits, one of which specifies that Avita should be allowed to purchase the hospital? Well, I, I don't think anything in regards, and, and again, for clarification, if you look back, um, I want to move forward. You know, we had the issue that the hospital board brought suit against as plaintiff, against the commissioners. Um, and just from a history standpoint, that was a, a expedited action to the Supreme Court. That action took well over a year. The Supreme Court came back and validated an unanimous decision that, in fact, each commissioner has a vote on the hospital appointing authority. That was a terrible thing. We then had an instance where six times we tried to mediate with the hospital board and until the judge ordered that, they continued to spend legal dollars, which we as commissioners, and as Pat explained, we have to defend a lawsuit if someone brings something against us. Okay, next question is for Mr. Mason. Should an RFP be secured for the lease, lease sale of operations of the Morrow County Hospital? Well, as I mentioned there a minute ago, the, the RFP... Uh, Pearl RFP was done uh, um, 18 months. It took 18 months to do. It was, it was a little over um, a year ago, maybe two years ago. Um, should it be done for the sale? I, I don't think so. Uh, the RFP went through uh, it, that vetting, and there was, there was some, uh, some really good board members on that hospital board that uh, had, had been... I, in my opinion, drug through the mud um, needlessly to um, the, the, the end result of the RFP was, was not what the commissioners wanted, and, and that was the reason for the issuing of the lawsuits, uh, in my opinion, uh, from what I've read and understood. Okay. 
Mr. Whiston, have you been promised future employment or any board membership of a potential buyer of the Morrow County Hospital? And again, I would answer that that um, anytime somebody has a question or is raised, in fact, somebody presented something that they received an email to, today to me, and I won't, I won't mention the subject, but it was quite ludicrous. And so the difficulty we have with social media is that people can say whatever they want. And if you want the truth, come to the commissioners. We have open sessions Mondays and Wednesdays. We're there every day of the week. In answer to your question, I've not received anything and in no way would violate the Ohio Code of Ethics that I'm bound by as a commissioner. The hope is that we would find a good, and as far as an RFP, I think it's a great idea. You know, we may have done one two years ago. Have things changed in healthcare in two years? Dramatically. So should we take the opportunity just as we do to refinance our debt on an annual basis? We should look at our healthcare system routinely to see if we can better it. Okay. Uh, Mr. Mason, what is your opinion on the appointments to the Morrow County Hospital Board and the lack of health care background or educated representation and the removal of those with experience in health care? Well, there was some obvious interest in uh, Carolyn Beal's position that um, was up. Her term had ended. Um, Carolyn Beal was a fantastic board member. In the short period of time that I, I knew Carolyn before that, but worked with her on the hospital board, I, I, th- I thought the process was um, um, not done correctly. Uh, I, you know, step by step it probably was, but I thought that there should have been more reasoning why, besides Judge Hickson giving his reasons, I thought there should be reasons why from the commissioners on, on that appointment. And Mr. Whiston, um, the question is pretty much the same. What is your opinion on the appointments to the Morrow County Hospital Board and the lack of health care background or educated representation? And why have you supported the removal of those with experience in health care? Well, I think if you look back over the years that I've been on there, we've had um, several occasions where there have been people that have served on the board. Um, we appreciate their service. We've moved on. As times change and as regards to some of the appointees that were um, brought up for recommendation. Um, One of the issues we have to face, unfortunately, today is the maintaining um, regards to the Ohio Ethics Commission. Um, Dr. Hens actually received a report that he was not going to be able to do that from the Ethics Commission. So um, we reviewed individually all of the candidates. Um, We came to a decision majority voted and placed um, Jennifer on the the last appointment, which um, I think she'll do a great job. And again, we appreciate all the service of, I think even Vince Melcher at one time was a hospital board member. In regards to health care, they have a medical director. I believe Cheryl Herbert serves as next officio. And so I think they have plenty of medical input. Um, The board is a management tool, not necessarily a medical directive um, as far as their function. Okay, Mr. Mason, next question is for you. Have you used the hospital or gone to see the work uh, they're doing for their patients? Unfortunately, yeah, I have. I was, um, this summer I fell and broke my back. I don't know why I'm getting emotional about it. But, um, 
you know, I think I'm emotional because my mother spent a career there, and um, I, I care about the hospital deeply. Sorry. Mr. Wiston, same question. Have you used the hospital or gone to see the work they're doing for their patients? Certainly. Um, I actually go out to the hospital. Um, I personally, the only thing I've ever done at the hospital is donate blood. Um, I did have an instance where I took my father out um, last year to be treated for a UTI. Um, The unfortunate circumstance was, since we have hospitalists, I actually had to insist that a hospitalist come from Marion to actually um, see him for a urinary tract infection. So um, that was a difficult experience because, as John, I mean, as a kid, I would go out to the hospital with my dad to fill the prescriptions for the patients. So I have a deep passion for the hospital, and I think as far as improving that care, we need to make sure we have doctors locally to make sure we can take care of the residents. Okay, next question is also for Mr. Whiston. To date, how much money has been spent on the lawsuit against the hospital board by both the commissioners and the hospital? Well, I think that, unfortunately, that's an ongoing process for the hospital. Um, They've had to retain um, attorneys to um, litigate the issue of whether or not Cincinnati Insurance will even pay um, the well over $900,000 that they expended against the commissioners. Um, the commissioners in defense of those suits that were brought to us, um, we have probably spent well over $250,000. So it's, it's an unfortunate thing. Um, from the get-go, we wanted to mediate and make sure that we didn't use... Our, our thought was we would much rather be spending money on doctors than on attorneys, but that wasn't the choice that they took. Okay, again for Mr. Whiston, and this is a long paragraph. I'm going to read it all. It has uh, more than one question in the paragraph, but uh, I think you can address them all. Um, Your main focus since you have taken office is the hospital. I see in one of the RFP proposals is you can take a tour of the hospital if you contact Pat Davies. Have you signed up for a tour so you can speak to associates and understand the operations of the hospital? The hospital is a county-owned hospital, So why are you spending so many tax dollars fighting for something that isn't broken? You keep asking for the service lines to grow in the the hospital. The county hasn't grown very much in the past five years. So how can we expand services at the hospital if the county isn't growing? When When will you switch your focus from the hospital to the growth of the county? A lot of questions here, sorry. Certainly, I'll try and try and answer most all those. As far as a focus, um, the hospital is in, in no way my main focus. Um, unfortunately, it was brought to our attention from the, the standpoint of lawsuits. As far as expanding services, I think it's important to understand that expanding health care is nothing to do with population. You know, if you look just to our west, Marion County, which is actually a county that's losing population, just had Ohio Health invest $40 million into their facility to grow it by 25 beds. So um, we, we have many different things. I've got a list. I actually call them the 25 points of light in Morrow County. Um, the hospital is merely one of those. Okay. Uh, Mr. Mason, 
in the future, if the county starts growing, as we know it is growing, what would be the biggest service line the hospital could open to increase the bottom line of the finances? Well, I would rely on the uh, staff there at the hospital, but what I heard from Connie McChesney was surgery uh, would be uh, a money-making line. You know, it's kind of a balance of services and making money. Everybody wants to see the hospital survive and grow. It needs to make money to do that. You can't have services that don't make money and continue. So uh, it would be surgery. Um, obviously, it's... it's uh, an asset for the hospital, as well as lab and x-ray. Okay. And, Mr. Weston, in the future, if the county starts growing, what would be the biggest service line the hospital could open to increase the bottom line of the finances? Certainly. And just to follow up, I think another one of the questions you had was in regards to tours. Um, I actually did, um, with the head nurse, um, when Vita came down, we actually were escorted around and did a complete tour of the hospital. So I have done that. Um, I've been out the hospital probably since I was a kid. Um, we hope to continue seeing it going. Um, as far as profit centers in the hospital, clearly um, laboratory is one of the areas that you expand to generate revenue. Um, also pharmacy. Um, we have instances, in fact, we have one patient I know that at the county we're spending $30,000 a month for one drug. So um, obviously as far as a high end, anybody that's had surgery knows orthopedic surgery, cardiac surgery, those types of things generate huge amounts of revenue. So um, I think we're currently having someone from Marion um, perform orthopedic surgeries, which is helping the bottom line currently. All right, so we're going to move on into growth questions uh, for the county. Uh, Mr. Whiston, how are you going to bring more businesses into the county versus just at the freeways? So <clears throat> that's an important point. So one of the things we want to do is, and if you look at um, in talking with the commissioners in Delaware County, they wish they had more opportunity to develop things, more so than having the developers tell them how things are going to be developed. Um, we've recently completed a space study. We're in the process of working with Consolidated um, and also First Energy to develop a comprehensive land use plan. Um, clearly, though, as far as if you look at the interchanges, that's if you look at what's going on there right now, that's going to be a big area as far as job creation and also not impacting negatively the areas that we use for agriculture. All right, and then Mr. Mason, same question. How are you going to bring more businesses into the county versus just at the freeways? Right. Um, I was glad to understand that the comprehensive land use is, is being uh, talked about now. It's been probably 10 years since that had happened. Um, but infrastructure is so important. We, we're working on our roads, our water, our sewer. Uh, those have to be in place in order to bring business, Right. You know, the interchanges is kind of where it starts and then expands to the villages, the villages uh, and our, our townships. But um, it really, for me, it's, it's uh, building the infrastructure first to, to, in order to bring those <coughs> Thank you. Um, Mr. Whiston, can you tell us what the Economic Development Office has brought to our county under its current director's tenure? Uh, and does the Economic Development Office have a shovel-ready uh, 
site plan ready for uh, suppliers for companies like Intel? And uh, what has he been doing to engage and recruit these type companies? Um, I think probably there's no one more dedicated to economic development. Um, Andy Ware, who's our current economic development director, and is um, we'd like to keep him on forever. But as far as I think, obviously, one of the most visible when you have um, a building under 27 acres occupying 1.2 million square feet, uh, Mike Mullis, who came to me and the commissioners at the time, was looking to bring that. Um, we were able to and talk about infrastructure. We negotiated to take over the Smoko sewer plant um, because if we had not done that, we would not have the Dollar Tree distribution. So. Um, we've done a great job as far as doing that, working with the utilities to make sure those things are in place. Um, we're currently working on HPM. It's a 71-acre site, and we hope to have that fully ready that um, it can become a site. Um, the biggest issue with the Intel, um, when that was presented, uh, 5 million gallons of water a day. Um, we don't have that total capacity anywhere near in the whole county. So um, we are limited by the infrastructure capacities there. And then a 30-second follow-up to that is uh, there are rumors that a uh, large developer is very interested in the HPM site. Is there anything that you can share with that without giving away too much? Um, yeah. The, um, the hope is that we would have that site ready to go. Um, and in talking with the owner, um, he has, has had inquiries, but there's nothing concrete that we could discuss at this time. Okay. Um, Mr. Mason, can you share your thoughts and plans um, and how you would like to handle uh, and create and work with the development director um, for shovel-ready sites for companies like Intel? Well, yeah, we've got to get organized there. Uh, Developers uh, are begging for information out of our development office. I think Mr. Ware has been busy the last few years with other things, uh, namely the hospital, but um, we need to get busy there. Uh, there's, there's a ton of work there to be done, and uh, not, not to you know, discredit the work that's already been done, but um, the focus needs to be on uh, what we can do to bring jobs and uh, development to the county, other than just talking about the hospital. All right, and then um, recently, uh, Mr. Whiston, um, there's been uh, about, about four um, um, opportunities in the county where residential uh, locations are to be built, whether apartments or housing complexes of the sort. Um, so there are many jobs already in the county. How are you going to um, work to develop some of the affordable housing and specifically looking more at single dwelling? instead of apartment complexes? Again, um, the, the main thing that the county commissioners can do is provide infrastructure. Um, obviously, those are market-driven forces, and I think even if you look at um, Franklin County is actually having to infuse um, several million dollars to try and um, get affordable housing. I, I think the term's almost non-synonymous with being affordable. Any type of housing right now is, is costly. Um, we have had projects. We, we did a project um, out in uh, the west side of Mount Gilead that we allowed that to come in. We do have um, significant apartments that are coming in. 
Um, but yeah, we would be glad to work with the developers on that. But again, we are um, interested in development, but not necessarily just whatever a developer wants. So we want to make sure we have planned growth. And Mr. Mason, same question. I uh, joined in with Cardington right here, um, their uh, economic development evening, or it was a luncheon, rather, um, and the 40-some homes that are going to be built over here just across from the Dollar General. Um, the developer, I asked him, you know, why Cardington? The infrastructure's there, water, sewer. Uh, these, these are homes that are uh, going to be spaced out a little bit, uh, you know, in that 250, 350 range. So, um, and he also mentioned the tax base. You know, we, we've got the tax rates, rather, um, very low uh, taxes, whether it's Morrow County, just crossed over to Delaware County. There's a lot of difference between the two. All right, and it is officially 8.30, so we are going to give you both uh, one last opportunity, one minute, to give your final pitch as to why uh, the folks in this room and watching on Facebook and hopefully listening to the Marwology podcast, uh, why they should give you their vote um, in May. Mr. Whiston, you'll go first. Well, certainly. Um, again, thank you, everyone, for coming. Um, I love the opportunity to engage and discuss the issues facing the county. Um, I have the term, I think we're on the cusp of great things. Um, I actually do, and it's not going to be able to accomplish in one minute got a list and be glad to share them with you. 25 great things that are going on in the county from whether it be new businesses, whether it be infrastructure that we're going, monies that we're getting from the state and federal government to ease that. Um, I also would put a plug in for the DD levy and also for county aggregation. Um, It doesn't cost you anything. We hope that that receives a vote. And trust me, we meet with Nancy on a quarterly basis, and the need is paramount um, for the DD levy. But uh, again, I think the, the uh, results speak for themselves as far as what we've been able to accomplish. The team that we've built as far as the elected officials we have and the improvements we made, be glad to discuss all those. And again, just would ask for your vote to continue being uh, Mark County's commissioner. Thank you, Mr. Whiston. And Mr. Mason, one minute as your final pitch. I started with two minutes, but I changed a bunch here. So I want to tell you that leaderships matter um, more so today than ever. We see it nationally and locally. Being a leader, in my opinion, is about bringing people together to, to facilitate the discussion but not dictate, right? Uh, our county's poised for some tremendous growth opportunities, and we have to be ready. We're not, if we're not, others are going to decide for us. I care about the success of this county and leaving it in a better place, starting now and for the next generation. I'm excited for this opportunity uh, to share my background and experiences. I'm ready to listen, lead, and learn from all of you. Um, I want to thank you for this opportunity and for everyone coming this night tonight. And it's made this poss- event possible. I would be honored to have your vote and serve as your next Mark County Commissioner. Thank you very much. Thank you, gentlemen, very much for participating this evening. Do you want to ring the bell? Hang on. Here. 
All right, candidates, before you disperse, candidates, we need you up back on the stage for a photo op for the Sentinel. Um, Mike, Wilson, and myself would like to thank you all for coming, as well as the committee that put this together. Uh, there were many questions that did not get asked due to timing. Those will go to the candidates again for them to fill out. Thank you again for coming. Have a safe trip home. There are also voter registration packets in the back. Feel free to stop and get a yard sign for a candidate of your choice.